Let's pray. Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this opportunity and the privilege we have to come together. Lord, we're so thankful, Father God, that we can come together and meet and hear from you. We can gather and together and worship you freely. Thank you, Father God, for the freedom that we have. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, we just commit the rest of the service to you. Holy Spirit, we ask you for revelation knowledge. Open the eyes of our understanding. Give us eyes that see and hear, ears that hear and hearts that are open and receptive. Show us how to practically apply the word that we hear today to our lives today and in the days to come. Holy Spirit, reveal to us things that we have not seen before. Speak through me. Speak uh, through me and show us things that we have seen even more clearly, more clear than it has been. And we purpose by faith that we're not just going to be hearers of this word, but we're going to be doers of what we hear. We're going to put into practice the things that we hear today. We thank you for your word. And everybody said in the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Well, go with me to Hebrews chapter six, Hebrews chapter six. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter six, please. And we started a series that we are calling the key to hope fulfilled, the key to hope fulfilled. Now, if you're joining online, get your Bibles as well. It's good to look at the word of God, get your eyes on the word of God so that uh, you, you want to see it. You know, you feed on the word of God with your eyes and ears. So it's important to get that your Bible, whatever you're using, you know, um, your iPhone, iPad, or your hardcover Bible, leather bound Bible, whatever it is, but get your eyes on the Word of God. Make sure that what we're reading is actually in there. But Hebrews chapter 6, let's start in verse 10. It says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name. And that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. That you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That you do not become sluggish, but that we're, we're to be diligent diligence is diligence important yeah. it's important right it's vitally important it's it's very important you know it's a key component to us having the success in an area that we want to have diligence is required diligence is necessary it's not an option it's not something that you know we could use and it would be good to have it no it's necessary it's a necessary uh key to having success, to prospering, to coming up, going to another level. In every area of our lives, diligence is important. Diligence is necessary, okay? Persistence and perseverance is necessary. It's gonna be vitally important to persevere, to be diligent, to move forward. All these things are part of faith, are part of our walk of faith. You know, walk, walking in faith is not just praising the Lord, praying, saying I have faith, making confessions. That is part of it, but you also need diligence. You also need to get to work. You also need boots on the ground. You also need to get after it and put your hand to something. Amen. And what does diligence mean? Let's just review. Diligence has to do with what? Doing things, you guys remember? Earnestly, you can just shout them out, earnestly with zeal that's right with speed right what else with with care you guys remember you guys remember with passion anymore what else did i say on any anymore speed what about early is that is that diligent doing things early right that is diligence okay um and then what is the opposite of being diligent lazy. being lazy being or what we just read here sluggish but that would be the same thing, you know, lazy. You're being lazy. And we talked about this before, but people don't admit, hey, man, I'm just lazy. No, that's not what people typically do. 
Um, but we want to find out about diligence and we don't want to be lazy, right? So the opposite of diligence is lazy. And the more I feed on this, I see so many areas that we can be lazy. That is just the nature of the flesh is to be lazy. I don't know if you're finding out anything as we go along. You should be, as we're teaching this, you, you should be hearing some things and you're like, wow, I'm, I've been lazy in that area. Well, this is not to be condemned. This is not to be upset with yourself, but sometimes you need to kick yourself in the butt and say, hey, get up, get after it. Quit being lazy, right? But I can see that there are so many areas that we can be lazy in because it's the nature of the flesh. The nature of the flesh is to be lazy, is to procrastinate, is to put things off, is to be slow with things. And you can do that in a number of different areas. You can do that um, with work. You can do that with, you know, in relationships. You can be lazy. You can be lazy in a bunch of different things in life. You can, and what we're talking about being lazy, we're talking about the opposite of being diligent. We're saying that you can be, um, you know, slow. You can not treat something with care. You cannot do something with zeal and with passion. And you can just be lazy and, and you won't have success in those areas. Every area of your life that you want to have success, you have to be diligent. Every area. There's no area in your life that you will have success without being diligent. If you want to have success naturally in work, in, um, in your career, you have to be diligent. If you want to have success with your relationship and fellowship with God and your prayer life, you have to be diligent. If you want to have success in understanding the word of God, being a student of the word of God, you're going to have to be diligent to study the word of God. Okay, there's no area of our lives that we can just say, I'm just going to believe God and he's going to do it for me. No, we have to be diligent. And I know last series we talked about having more faith in God, but that doesn't mean that we don't have diligence. Okay, and we have more. We do have more faith in God than we do in ourselves. And we're not having faith in just our efforts and in our diligence, but we're having faith in what God said we're supposed to do. When we are and when we are diligent, we're obeying him and he's going to do what he said he would do when we're diligent. OK, but yeah, like I said, I mean, there's so many areas of our lives that I see that we can be lazy, that we need to be diligent in. And that is the culture that we live in. The culture that we live in is a lazy culture by and large. I mean, a lot of people are lazy. I mean, it, you know, and it shows up in gullibleness. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. I just made it up for today. And we talked about this, you know, recently when we were talking about people just believe in anything that they see on the internet without doing any research and they regurgitate it and they spread it as though it's truth, as though it's a fact. Well, that's being lazy, right? Because if you're diligent, what would you do when you heard something and you're like, huh, I, I never heard that before. I'm not sure about that. And before you spread that, before you start repeating it, before you start marching for it, and before you start saying, hey, everyone, did you know this is true about this? What should you do first? You should be diligent to do what? To, to, to study, to study it, to research, to see if that's so to find some original sources, original doc ancient documents, ancient sources. You shouldn't just believe something just because everybody is repeating it or just because somebody wrote a book about it, right? Just because people write books, that doesn't make them an expert. You know, anybody can write a book nowadays and most people are writing books just so they can say, I'm an author. Like, woo, you're an author. Wow, that qualifies you to be the expert in every area. No, that doesn't. Now, it's great if you write a book. I'm not knocking that if, the, you know, if you're, that's what you're supposed to do. But just because you write a book, just because you have articles, just because you have a blog, just because you have a website, that does not make anything you say on there true. OK, we have to understand that, guys. We cannot be people that are easily deceived. We can't be lazy people. All right. But what are some of the areas that we did talk about 
as far as diligence. We talked about diligence um, shows up when you're spiritual. The more spiritual you are, they're connected. The more spiritual you are, the more diligent you're going to be, right? 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 The more diligent you are, the more, if you're diligent, that's because you are spiritual and and to a capacity, to some degree. And if you're carnal and fleshly, fleshly, if that's a word, what is that going to lead to? It's going to lead to being more lazy, right? It's going to be, you're going to be more lazy. You're going to let your guard down, right? It's what Adam did in the garden. Instead of being diligent to keep the garden as he was commanded, what did he do? He got lazy and he let some things go. He let some things slip. See, when you're not diligent, you let things go that you wouldn't let go before. You let some things slip that you wouldn't have let slip. Your standards are lowered. All right. So we don't want to be carnal and fleshly. We want to be spiritual and diligent. And then we talked about, um, you know, the lazy man makes excuses. The lazy man has an excuse for why they can't work, for why they can't do anything. They blame it on their fear. They blame it on, you know, the line in the street. Uh, they have so many excuses and we're not going to be people of excuses. We're going to be people that are diligent. And then we talked about, uh, you know, that's God's plan for all of us to work. That's God's idea. That's not man's idea. God's idea is for us to work. Okay. And we're supposed to get after it. We're supposed to be diligent in our work and we're supposed to be passionate in the things that we do for the Lord. We're supposed to be on fire for the Lord, not lukewarm. But we're supposed to be passionate and zealous and on fire for the things of God. You guys remember that? Well, let's continue in this. Okay. And b- please believe with me now. Um, go to Proverbs chapter six. Proverbs chapter six, please. Believe with me to get this word out. Maybe you're the most diligent person there is, but (laughs) there's some people that need to hear this. Believe for them at least. Um, Proverbs chapter three. And now the Bible says a lot about wisdom. Okay. The Bible, the Proverbs is full of wisdom. And it says in Proverbs that, uh, length of days, talking about wisdom, that length of days is in one hand and riches and honor are in another hand. And this is talking about the wisdom of God. That's the wisdom of God. There's length of days, long life in one hand and riches and honor. So if there is length of days and riches and honor, shouldn't we want to find out about wisdom? We should get wisdom, right? We should get wisdom. We should want to find out the wisdom of God. And, and this is what the Lord gave Solomon. Okay, King Solomon, you guys know in the Bible. You know, now Solomon, you know, he was a rich man. Um, it's no coincidence that the wisest man in all the world was also the richest man. You guys know that? He was the richest man. Actually, he would still be the richest man. I was looking up some things about him the other last night, and he would be a trillionaire. Not he would be, I think this was what I saw these dates were 2015. He would be uh, his net worth would be like two point something trillion dollars. He'd be the only trillionaire ever. There's never been a trillionaire <laughs> besides him. He'd be the only, he, he's the richest man there ever was. And so it's no coincidence that the wisdom of God, uh, uh, the wisest man was also the richest man. But he didn't just lay around and say, I have faith in God and make confessions. No, he had businesses. They had ships. They had, you can see this in first, second Kings, first, second Chronicles. You see that Solomon had business. He had people working for them. They built a temple. They had trade routes. You'll see that through the scriptures. They were people that were diligent in their work. They recorded things, uh, the work they did and, and um, the, the number of things that they had, horses, horse trades and stuff. You'll, you'll see that in the word of God. He, he had businesses. He was diligent in his work. Okay. Um, he was diligent. You know, people have a wrong 
idea of people that believe that God, uh, people like us, you know, I believe God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be well off. He wants our needs met. He wants us to have more than enough. But people lump everybody into a category, into one category. And they think that you're off and you're weird uh, if you believe what they call the prosperity gospel. I don't really like that term, prosperity gospel, because of what they're trying to make it imply. I mean, prosperity, salvation, when you get saved, that is a form of prospering. <laughs> you are prospering out of the enemy's kingdom into the kingdom of God's dear son. That, that is a form of prosperity, okay? Whether they want to believe that or not, everybody wants to prosper. So when you talk about prosperity gospel, it's, it has a bad connotation now. The good news, good news means, it means that you can prosper, you can prosper in your spiritual life. You can prosper in your soul. That is good news. That is gospel. And that, to me, is prosperity. Do you guys see that? So, you know, it has, but they lump everybody into one category that if you believe that God wants you blessed and financially, then you're one of those people that just believe all you got to do is give, 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 and money will just fall from the sky. And we, we, Tell other people that, hey, give to us. Uh, and if you do, money will just come upon you. No, there's more to it than that. Okay. You know, I saw um, a minister being interviewed, this minister that doesn't agree with God, uh, what he calls the prosperity gospel. And a lot of times, what people say that they don't believe the prosperity gospel is what they think is the prosperity gospel from what they saw from some people that were off in their teaching of money and finances, you know? So they think like, man, I, you know, that seems wrong. That seems off. And so a lot of time they just lump everybody into that, like I said, but he was being interviewed and um, he said, you know, so what the interview asked this minister that doesn't believe in the prosperity gospel, what, does the new the new covenant the new testament say about giving and the minister said well the bible says in luke you know 638 giving it will be given unto you good measure pressed down shaken together running over will men give into your bosom you know for with the same measure that you meet it will be measured back to you so he quoted that and then he quoted second corinthians 9 6 that if you sow liberally you'll reap liberally but if you give sparingly you'll reap sparingly and so the interview asked him he said so are you advocating for a prosperity gospel and the minister said he said uh no i'm not and what i thought watching that interaction i was like well that's interesting that just him quoting those scriptures the person interviewing him got the idea he's advocating for prosperity gospel but he's literally just quoting the scriptures from the word of god now why would he get the idea that he is advocating for some type of prosperity gospel <laughs> because obviously from the scriptures god it's it's obvious that god doesn't want you to have less he wants you to have more right? He want, that, that doesn't mean that there's no sacrifices for God. That doesn't mean that there's times where you, um, you, that you don't need to learn to be content because you do need to learn to be content with what you have. But that doesn't mean that God's best and God's will for you is not to have more and not to have abundance because it is. God wants you to have more. God wants you to be blessed so you can further his kingdom so that you can be a blessing, right? He doesn't want those things having you. And your motives are very important in those things. But I thought it very interesting that just in him quoting the scriptures, the person being interviewed saying, now, are you advocating for prosperity gospel? <laughs> what should we say to that? I'm not advocating for anything. The Bible says this. I didn't write this. I just believe it as it is. It means what it means. It says what it says. I just believe it as it says it. And I just accept it. I choose to believe that this is what God wants. But I'm just saying that people have a, have a bad idea of what they think, 
you know, people that believe God wants you to prosper um, and, and that God wants you to have success, they think that all that we believe that all you have to do is just confess, believe and confess and have faith. And that's it. No, there's more to it than that. And we know there's more to it than that. Well, we should know that, you know, if you've been in a good word of, you know, church that's preaching the word of God, all the word of God, you should know that we should know this. But the wisdom of God, we're talking about Proverbs, the wisdom of God is found in all of God's creation. Okay. We can look at the creation of God and see the wisdom of God in his creation. And the person who wrote uh, Proverbs, um, the wisdom that's in there, actually Solomon asked for wisdom from God. I'm going to just read in 1 Kings. You stay where you are in Proverbs 6. Uh, It says in 1 Kings 4, starting in verse 29. And God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand on the seashore. Thus Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all men, than Ethan, than Ezraite, and Heman, See, you guys didn't know He-Man was in the Bible. Chuck, Cole, and Darda, the sons of Mahol, and, the, and his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. Also, he spoke of trees from the cedar tree of Lebanon, even to the hyssop that springs out of the wall. He spoke also of animals, of birds, of creeping things, and of fish. And men of all nations from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. So he's a wise man. He's a wise man. So who gave him this wisdom? Who gave, God, who gave Solomon this wisdom? I just almost gave you the answer. God gave Solomon this wisdom. He asked for it. He, didn't, he could have asked for other things, riches and gold. And the, actually, the Lord said, because you didn't ask for those things, I'm going to give you this wisdom. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to answer your prayer. And so if God gave him this wisdom, it's from God. We should respect this wisdom because it's from God. We should treat it as though, hey, this is from God. The, all the word of God is from God. It's all inspired. All right. And I'm saying that because it kind of annoys me and irritates me when I see some people minimizing the book of Proverbs to just poetry. And it's not something that, you know, that is thus said the Lord. No, it's the word of God. It's the inspired word of God. The wisdom of God came from God. So we need to treat it as such and we need to look at it and apply it to our, to our lives today. Yeah, there's poetry in it. I'm not denying that, but it's not only poetry. Okay. God, is multifaceted, all right? And he has demonstrated that in his creation through people. So the way they wrote it doesn't minimize and reduce that it's still from God, all right? So Proverbs chapter six, and starting in verse six, Proverbs six, verse six. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard, Consider her ways and be wise. Now, I don't know how much you have considered the ant. I don't know how much you've looked at an ant and just thought, wow, okay, let me examine their lives. Let me see how they operate. But the Bible says there's something to be learned from the ant. Like I said, the wisdom of God is in all the creation. And King Solomon, the richest man there ever was, saw the ant and was like, hmm, okay. God gave him some wisdom about the ant. And what is the wisdom he gave? Verse seven, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler provides her supplies in, in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. So the ant, let's just stop there again. The ant is not known for being lazy, right? I mean, I've never heard anybody say, man, it's not like the sloth, right? The sloth is lazy. There's some animals that you know are lazy, right? Like uh, a hippo or maybe even some dogs, right? They just lay around and they sleep. <laughs> or, or some of the big cats in the jungles, 
right? A lot of times if they're not hunting, what are they doing? They're sleeping. <laughs> they're just lounging around, <laughs> you know, but when was the last time you saw some ants just sleeping? You know, you never see no ants sleeping, right? You know, you're having a cookout, crumbs are falling off the, the, you know, the picnic table or whatever, and you just see the ants over there sleeping. They're not even trying to come get it. They're just, they're just like, ah, man, we're too tired today, you know? <laughs> we're not going to get those crumbs today. No, you've never seen any lazy ants, right? <laughs> but notice something about the ant, though. No, uh, it says they have no captain, overseer, or ruler. So they have nobody barking any orders to them. They have no one overseeing them, no one giving them commands, no one telling them what to do, no one watching over them. And they're just working though. They're out there working. They're doing what they're supposed to do without anybody telling them what to do. You guys see that? They're, they're, they're gathering, they're doing what they're supposed to do, and no one's telling them to do it. They're doing it because it's the right thing to do, because it's what they should do. And it says, the ant provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. So no one's telling them what to do. No one's um, giving them orders, and they're taking care of themselves. They're doing what they have to do for themselves. They're not, you know, just laying around, all summer long, they're like, oh, man, it's too hot to go out there and gather right now. You know, we're just going to lay around, lounge around. And in the winter, maybe the crickets, you know, hopefully they gathered enough food. We can see if they'll give us some of theirs, you know. <laughs> no, they don't do that. They go out there and they get to work. They're not looking for other insects to provide for them. Do you see that? Do you see the wisdom in, that, in the ant? They're not looking to the other insects, to other creatures and hoping, man, I hope that they gathered enough because we're just going to lay around and not do anything. No, they're taking care of themselves and they're not afraid to work. These ants are not afraid to work, man. They get after it. You know, if you, you know, that's true. If you leave some food, some, especially some sweet or something on the ground outside, Man, before you know it, there's a bunch of ants out there. They're lifting that up, carrying it away. I mean, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know if they're singing or they got marching orders or whatever, like a marching chant, I meant. But they're not afraid to work. Actually, I was looking it up. Some ants, well, a lot of these ants, but uh, the smaller they are, the stronger they are. And these ants can lift up to 5,000 times their weight. Now, that's... That's getting after. That's, you know, that's working. 5,000 times your weight. <laughs> you know, it's, hey, they're, and I guess really pound for pound, they're like one of the strongest creatures on the earth. So it's interesting, but they're not afraid to work. And God, see, God put his wisdom in the creation. So we're to look at that and we're to see that. And then it says in verse nine, how long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep, a little sleep, a little some slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Wow. But you see how it contrasts the ant and lazy people. You see that? By saying that if you aren't like the ant, uh, that you know, that doesn't need, you know, the ant doesn't need someone telling them when to work. The ant doesn't need someone yelling at them saying, hey, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. They don't need that. He's saying, if you're not like that, and if you aren't doing what you need to do for yourself, if you're if, and, and you're not relying on other people, then you're lazy. <laughs> saying, you're lazy. You see the difference there. He's contrasting the difference between the ant and uh, the lazy person, because if we're not diligent like the ant, we're not going to be successful. You know, isn't this what the Bible's talking about? That if you don't do these things, if you're not after it, you won't be successful. Notice it didn't say, you know, the ant just laid around and, you know, but they believe God. And because they believe God, God prospered them anyway. No, they had to be diligent. They have to be diligent. You know, diligence is a good thing, Okay. I want us to get that in our spirits and in our hearts and minds. Diligence is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Diligence is good. Actually, 
when you are not diligent and when you just put things off and when you procrastinate and when you sleep in, you don't feel better about yourself, right? You don't feel good when you, when you procrastinate and put things off. You know, it's not like, you know, I'll just speak for myself. When I put things off and I haven't been diligent in an area and I just kept putting it off and just procrastinated and didn't do what I was supposed to do, I didn't feel good. I didn't wake up and say, oh man, I, I wasted the whole day. I really feel good about myself. Man, I was so productive in my laziness. No, you don't feel that way. You feel actually worse, right? You're like, I know for me, I've been irritated if I've overslept, if I didn't do what I was supposed to do, if I procrastinated, I was mad at myself. I didn't feel good about myself. I didn't feel confident. And that's what happens when you are not diligent, you feel bad about yourself. You're not confident. You lack confidence. You're like, oh man, I'm just a lazy bum. Man, what's wrong with me? You know, that's what happens when you're not diligent. Your confidence is lacking. And but when you are diligent, when you, you know, you may be tired. You may, you know, had a long day, but when you push through and you're diligent and you get after it and you get some things accomplished and you get some things done and you do what you're supposed to do, you feel good. You feel better about yourself. You feel more confident and you feel like because you did what God told you to do, you're more confident in your faith to believe him that he is going to bless you and he is going to prosper you because you did what he told you to do. You did what he has commanded us to do in being diligent. You guys see that? And so diligence is a good thing. Say diligence Diligence. is is a good thing. And we can believe that when, you know, when we do what he told us to do, that helps us in our faith. That helps us personally. That's going to give us more confidence. Amen. So go to, go to Colossians chapter three, Colossians chapter three. Man, oh man, this time is flying by. Wow. I'm only on page three or four, I think of my notes, but well, We'll just, uh, we'll, maybe we'll need another hour. That's okay. <laughs> I'm just joking. But Colossians chapter three, Colossians chapter three, um, verse 22, we'll start in verse 22. It says, bond servants, obey in all things, your masters, according to the flesh. Now, when you see that, you know, don't don't think like, oh, that doesn't apply to me. No, today it would be talking about employees. OK, we don't have uh, servants as they did back then or indentured servitude or slavery, but we do have employers and employees. So there is an application for us. It says that obeying all things, your masters, according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Now, we just read about the ant and how the ant is self-motivated, right? The ant is self-motivated. No one uh, has to tell them what to do. They do it without anyone giving them any orders or any instructions. They just get to it. Well, Here is a characteristic of laziness right here Um, in Colossians here. Another characteristic of laziness is working only when people are looking at you. Working only when people are looking at you and you work differently when they're watching you. Okay, so these are characteristics of laziness is that when you see someone's looking, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, the boss, boss man's looking at me. Do, do, do. You start working harder, okay? Or someone's looking at you, you, you work harder. And then when they're gone, like they're gone, oh, whew, man, okay, yeah. And you start talking, you put your feet up and just relax, chillax, don't, don't take it seriously. That's a characteristic of laziness, okay? That you work differently, when they're looking at you than when you don't, than when they're not looking at you. Did I say that right? Yeah, I got a lot of my mind. 
but it's like this IG reel I saw and it said, how to look like you're working hard. And it, and it said, walk fast wherever you go. And they had, they had a video of a guy with a file in his hand. And he was like walking from room to room down the office, you know, from one door. And, he, and basically he was jogging, like, you know, running real fast, running here, running there, running to the bathroom. And, you know, and it looks like, wow, that guy's working hard, right? No, he's not. He's just running. He just looks like he's working hard, <laughs> but he's not working hard at all. Well, <laughs> that might be funny, but Christians, we don't do that. We don't pretend like we're working and we're not working. That's not right. Christians are supposed to be different. Christians are not supposed to act like the world. We're not supposed to do things like the culture, right? We're not supposed to conform to the world. You know, I see people, it's interesting on social media, the things that people say. Um, but, you know, it, it, people will comment like, yeah, that's what I do. I'll, I'll run, you know, with a file in my hand from one office to another office and to the bathroom and back. Why? Because it looks like I'm busy. It looks like I'm working out. Well, that's deceit. That's not being diligent. And we don't do things like the rest of the world. We're children of God and we hold ourselves to a higher standard in every area, right? It should be that they look at us and they see something different. They see an example of how they're supposed to work just because they're doing it. And just because they think, yeah, the boss don't care. Well, God cares. And it says here that we're supposed to do what we're doing as heartily unto the Lord and not to men. Does God care about our work that we're doing for other people? Obviously, he does. It says it right here, right? You guys with me? Yeah. It says it right here that how you work for other people, you are supposed to work as doing that hardly as unto the Lord. Do you guys see that? Yeah. We're not just supposed to act like it's no big deal. I don't, this boss, I don't like him anyway. He's a knucklehead. You know, he don't know what's going on. He don't care. No, you're supposed to be working for the Lord. And when you work for the Lord, you do things differently. What does it say? Whatever you do, right? Let's read it again. Verse 23. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Now, you know what I'm talking about? This is a serious problem in today's culture. It's a serious problem where people think that they're entitled on the job. They're in, first of all, they think they're entitled to that job. And then they think that, hey, the boss better be just happy. I came into work today. I didn't feel like coming into work. Okay. <laughs> you, you applied for the job. You know, yeah, they hire you, but you came to them for work. So if you came to them, you should work. But people act entitled like, hey, I'm here. I showed up. That should be good enough. And they sit on their phone and, you know, just scroll on social media, smacking their gum, not taking it seriously. Well, that's wrong. That's this entitlement mentality. And that is not God. That is not being diligent. And those people will still be working in uh, careers and jobs when they should be progressing beyond some of those areas. But because of their bad, funky attitudes, they'll be there for a long time because they're not diligent and they're not working heartily as unto the Lord. Now, we can't control what other people do and we're not to judge other individuals, but we know this goes on. This is just a fact, right? We know this is a fact that this goes on. But we're supposed to do our work differently. And like I said, we can't control what other people do. You know, it's not for us to be like, man, you are a lazy bum. You're not even working. No, we just do what we're supposed to do. We'll be the example. You know, we be diligent. You know, we, we can't control them unless you're the supervisor. Then you fire people like that <laughs> after you give them a warning. But hey, but those type of people, they need to learn. You don't stay around here if you're not diligent. Okay, but Colossians 3.23 in the Amplified says this, whatever you do, whatever your task may be, work from the soul. That is put in your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for men. Now, does that sound like diligence to you? 
What's the definition of diligence? What? With care, with speed, right? You guys with me? With, spare, with, with, uh, with speed, with care, with passion, with zeal. That scripture that we just read, you know, from the soul, put in your very best effort. That sounds like diligent. That sounds like being diligent, right? Yeah. yeah. So this would apply if you're, you know, sitting at a desk, answering phone calls, if you're flipping burgers, um, you know, if you're uh, whatever, it could be a lot of different things. If you're stocking groceries, stocking, you know, whatever, hauling furniture, moving somebody's furniture, this would apply to everything. And this would apply to things that you're not getting paid for, that we're not getting paid for, you know, cutting the grass, you know, doing dishes, cleaning your room, making your beds, um, a lot of, you know, mopping. Are we to do everything that we're doing as unto the Lord? Yes, yeah. yeah, so it's so whatever you're doing, this applies to all of us. I'm preaching to myself as well. We're to do all that we're supposed to do as unto the Lord, okay? You, you know, we're not supposed to be like the people that only work when people are watching you and they're looking. You know, now, why would, now think about that. Why would somebody only work hard when people are looking at them or when their boss is looking at them. Why would they do that? Because they're looking to man as their source and man as their provider. They're look, they got their eyes on man. Do you, guys, do you guys see that? And they're looking to them as far as what they can do for me. They're, they have the ability to promote me, so I'm going to work hard when, I, when I'm in front of them. See, do you guys see that? So they got their eyes on man. You know, and why wouldn't you work hard in front of someone? Why would you change how you work in front of someone and, and not give it your all, not give it your effort? Because you think, well, they can't do nothing for me. They can't promote me. What are they going to do? Which means that you have no faith in God, right? That is no faith in God. That is not considering how, that God is looking and that God is watching and that God sees your heart if you act that way. And that's a lack of faith in God. You know, we are to do whatever we're doing uh, as unto the Lord. What does that mean? That means we're to treat things. And when people come in our places of work, what if it was the Lord? Would you just play on your phone, smacking your gums and just look at them? You know, you ever been to fast food restaurants? They don't even say, how can I help you? Some, some do. There's, there, people are getting better at that, you know. But a lot of sometimes, you know, you go places, man, they, don't even, they just look at you. It's like, uh, are you ready to take my order? I mean, hello, welcome. Okay, welcome to Burger World. All right, I'm here to get a burger. Like, people don't say anything, right? <laughs> but think about it. If it was the Lord, he walked in, you're just going to look at the Lord are you going to keep playing on your phone, smacking your gum? You know, I mean, what if you're painting the Lord's house? You're just going to, you know, just be sloppy, squiggly lines everywhere and stuff and not do it with care or attention? No. So that's the, see, the way we're supposed to be with other people's things, we're supposed to treat that as though it is the Lord's. He takes it personally. He takes it personally. And we, we need to get that in our spirit, that phrase, let's say that, unto the Lord. I do everything heartily as unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. You know, um, you can't hide laziness, all right? It's going to come out. You, laziness cannot be hidden, okay? You know, it's, it's, it's foolish to think that you can be lazy and you cannot do your work and you can just put things off. You can just hide things. It's before, you know, before too long, it's going to come out. People are, people notice, especially people that are uh, leaders of companies and leaders of businesses and ministries and things. They notice when people are lazy and when they're diligent, they notice it. You don't, you may think that you're getting away with stuff, but they notice it. They notice Parents notice when their children are, are lazy or not diligent, you know, or, or when they're lazy and not diligent. People notice it pretty soon. I mean, you can only hide things under the bed 
for so long. You know, you can only stuff things in your closet so long, so, so much that before you know it, somebody over, oh man, it all comes out, right? You know, what you try to hide will eventually come out. Okay. It's like that old saying. That's why you ever heard that old saying that moms used to say, they used to tell the kids, you know, make sure that you're always wearing clean underwear. Why? <laughs> because you don't want to get caught, you know, in the hospital or somewhere with your pants down and you don't have clean underwear on, right? See, <laughs> you, because, you know, you may think that you can hide and get away with some things, but it's, it will come out, you know, you know, I know we, we, we do real estate and you don't know when someone might call and say, Hey, uh, I like to see this house. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, they're not as much today, but there's been times where you would pick people up in your car and, or you meet somewhere and go to the property. Well, if you have a dirty car, chances are that person is going to be like, man, I, I don't know if I want to work with this kind of person. If their car is just full of McDonald wrappers all over the place and, you know, Wendy's bags in the back and empty, uh, you know, soda containers and stuff. If I was, if I was working with a realtor and that's how their car looked, I'd be like, I'm not working with this individual because they're sloppy and they're, they're not diligent. Well, I mean, you never, you don't know, right? You don't know when your boss says, hey, let's go to lunch and they come in your car like, oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. That says something about you. It does. It says something about us. It really does. You cannot hide laziness. All right. But just like you can't hide laziness, you can't hide diligence either. If you are diligent, people are going to notice. People are going to notice when you're diligent. And you may be diligent month after month, year after year, and it seems like nobody notices what you're doing. But if you keep doing it, it's, people are going to notice it. That one day they're going to know that God will highlight you, especially if you're doing what God told you to do. He will highlight you. It's going to come out, man, that guy, he's always on time. He's always here and he works hard all the time. He's diligent with everything. He's not just dragging his feet, lollygagging around, seeing what he can't, you know, seeing what he can get away with. No, he's diligent. That's going to be noticed. People who are diligent, people who are, you know, higher ups, they're going to notice that because they know that's how they got to where they got. Okay. So they're going to know they recognize diligence when they see it because that's how they got to where they are. You know, for the most part, of course, you know, when you say these things, you always know there's a naysayers. Well, no, there's people that brown knows. Okay, there are situations like that. But if they're if that's how they got there, then they're not going to stay there much longer because they're, it's, it's going to be found out. It's going to be caught like, wow, I'm not diligent. <laughs> you know, or they're not diligent. They can't handle it. They can't keep up with it. But when you're when you're really diligent, people that are diligent, they're going to notice it. Okay. And if we're, and those are the people that get promoted. Those are the type of people that get increased. Those are the people that get the bonuses. Those are the people that are highlighted out of everybody else, out of hundreds of employees. They see one person and they say, man, that person's been diligent. And you say, well, you know, I've been diligent. Well, if, if it has to, God will promote you out of there, out of the place that you're working. And he'll give you another job and he'll give you a better job. God always sees it. He always sees what you're doing. Even if other people don't see it, God sees it. What does it say in our, in our text? That he's not unjust. He will not forget the work, your labor of love that you do in his name. So if you're doing something in his name, if you're doing something for him, he's not going to forget that. What does the Bible say in Hebrews eleven six That without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because he that believes God must uh, have faith, must believe that he exists and that he is a what? A rewarder. Rewarder of what? Those that diligently seek him. You're seeking, not, not, not just seeking him, worshiping him, seeking his face. Yes, we do that. But we also are seeking his ways. We're also seeking his principles and doing it the way he said to do it. And God said that kind of person is going to be rewarded. God himself takes it personally that when you seek the way he told you to do something, he's going to reward you. You guys see that? He's going to reward us when we are diligent. 
Amen. It says in Proverbs 12, 24, the hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. Man, I don't want to be put to forced labor. I want to I want to have some authority, some oversight over things. Um, I, in other words, I want to be diligent because if you have oversight of over, over things, that means you have success to a degree. Amen. So God, you know, God is looking at our hearts. OK, um, what are we, where are we at? Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. But you see how much would change if people actually did this. If people actually did what they were doing unto the Lord and not to men, uh, you know, there actually would be a lot more work getting done. You, you know that? I'm not, I'm not saying people can't take breaks and stuff like that, that you can't, you, you have to, t- no one can, you know, work nonstop 10 hours a day without taking a rest. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying, but you're still diligent. You're still doing it unto the Lord, but a lot more work would get done if people thought this way. If we all thought, man, we're doing this unto the Lord, let's do it with our, all our hearts. Let's give good effort and let's get it done quick. You know, if we did that, you, you probably wouldn't go out in the street and you wouldn't see the construction worker standing there for an hour doing nothing. <laughs> They'd be working hard. If they're doing it for the Lord, right? They've been trying to milk this contract for as much as they can. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not judging. I don't know if they, um, I'm sure that's happened before, but <laughs> probably shouldn't have said that. But, um, you know, we just know that these things happen because we've all worked. And we see how people talk and we saw things we have ourselves have done. Right. And so we know how it is. And um, but if everybody was diligent and worked hard to the Lord, things would get done. Things would get accomplished. Amen. Amen. You know, I know this sounds very simple. You know, this doesn't sound like, you know, get out the chair, earth shattering revelation, make you run the run, you know, make you want to run the aisles. But diligence is key to us having success. You know, I know we're not like, woo, woo, glory to God. Did you see that? What a revelation and make you want to do the, you know, have a praise break. But if you apply it to your lives, man, you'll be praising God that you're successful. You'll be thanking God that you came out successful and that you applied his word to your life and that he blessed you and he prospered you and he rewarded you. We'll be happy about it. You know, Uh, faith, the grace of God, favor, and even prayer, that is not a replacement for diligence. It's not a replacement for diligence. You cannot, there's no exceptions. You have to be diligent. You can't favor your way into success. You, You can't grace your way. Yes, it's all the grace of God. It's all the favor of God. And it requires faith. But it's not a replacement. It's not like I can just believe in the favor of God. I can believe in the grace of God and have faith and just pray and pray and sing praises to God all day. And I don't have to be diligent. No, they all you have to have all of them. You have to have all of them. There's no replacement. You guys ever heard the story about the grasshopper and the ant? It's a fable. The grasshopper and the ant. Maybe when you were kids. Well, good. You know, I'll tell it to you now. I'm going to read it to you. I, I, re- I recorded it. But this is my version of the grasshopper in the ant, okay? So, in a field one summer's day, a grasshopper was hopping about, chirping and singing praises to the Lord to its heart's content. A group of ants walked by grunting as they struggled to carry plump kernels of corn. Where are you going with those heavy things? asked the grasshopper. Without stopping, the first ant replied, To our anthill, this is the third kernel I've delivered today. Why not come and sing with me? We'll pray about food and stuff, teased the grasshopper, (laughs) instead of working so hard. So he said, hey, instead of working, we'll pray to God. And he said, the ant said, we're helping to store food for the winter, said the ant, and think you should do the same. Winter is far away, and it is a glorious day to play. Let's just believe God everything will work out, sang the grasshopper. But the ants went on their way and continued their hard work. The weather soon turned cold. 
All the food lying in the field was covered with a thick white blanket of snow that even the grasshopper could not dig through. Soon the grasshopper found itself dying of hunger. He staggered to the ant's hill and saw them handing out corn from the stores they had collected in the summer. He begged them for something to eat. What? cried the ants in surprise. Haven't you stored anything away for the winter? What in the world were you doing all last summer? <laughs> I didn't have time to store any food, complained the grasshopper. I was so busy playing music, praising God, praying and making faith confessions that before I knew it, the summer was gone. The ants shook their heads in disgust, turned their backs on the grasshopper and went on with their work. <laughs> See, you can't replace diligence with prayer, praise and, and, and faith confessions and think, hey, God's just going to come through. Now, God is merciful if you don't know no better. <laughs> OK, but this is a this is also a principle of the word of God. This is also a spiritual principle. OK, and now you may think that's funny. You know, that's just a little fable. No one would be that lazy in real life. Oh, no, there's people that lazy in real life. And there's people that do those things in real life and they call it faith. Yeah, I actually heard a story that Brother Hagen tells um, or he told to some ministers um, that it was about two men that he knew growing up when he was younger. And these two men were Pentecostal men. They were faith, you know, or, or they were they were Pentecostal. They loved the Lord um, and they did what they could to earn ends meet, you know, to prosper, to have money. And these two men heard about uh, a town that they were selling these handles, these wooden handles. Um, they were handles for axes, handles for shovels. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but if you ever see a metal shovel, you know, we got them ourselves in a metal shovel. There's a wooden handle in, uh, in the metal part. Well, and they make these handles for different tools like that. And so these two men heard about it, that they were selling these wooden handles for real cheap. Okay. So they said, man, let, let's go get our wagons. We're going to go to this town and we're going to buy a bunch of these handles, come back to the community and sell them for a profit. So that was their plan. So they, they got their wagons. They went on their way and bought all these wooden handles, you know, shovel handles, ax handles, hoe handles, those type of things. And they got these handles and it was a long day. So on the way back, they got home real late at night, real late. And they went in, left the wagon out there, and they went to sleep real late at night. And then all of a sudden, one of them was awakened because there was a storm out there. It was a storm and, you know, the, it was lightning and thundering and it was pouring down rain. And the guy that woke up said, hey, it's pouring on our handles. It's pouring rain on our handles. You think we should get up? And go, you know, go get them. And one guy said, ah, I'll just pray and ask the Lord to protect them. And went back to, went back to sleep like the lazy man. Just turned right back over, went back to sleep. Well, the next morning, you know, because they got in so late, they slept in longer. And the next morning, the sun came out real strong and beat on those wooden handles and they were like green wooden handles. And what happened? The, the handles got all warped. You know, that happens with certain types of wood, right? You beats down. It got all warped and everything from the sun and the, the moisture. And they came out and saw that. Well, nobody's going to want to buy warped handles now, right? So they, after that, they went to the preacher and they asked the preacher, you know, what happened? We asked God to protect our handles. Why didn't he protect our handles? <laughs> well, see, you cannot use faith and prayer as a replacement for your diligence. You can't be lazy and just think that, you know, hey, we can just pray about it and it'll all work out. You know, we have to ask ourselves, what are our motives, right? What are our motives behind, you know, our believing God and praying for what we're praying for? Because if our motive is just to be lazy, it's just to, you know, man, I, I'm believing God for money 
and just so I can lay around and watch more Netflix and do nothing. Well, <laughs> that's a prayer that God can't answer. You got wrong motives. Actually, James talks about that when he says you have not because you ask not. He says, but you don't receive because your motives are wrong. He, it says because you ask amiss. Other translation says because your motives are not right. So that's the reason why some people or any of us are not receiving because we're praying and our motives are not right. You know, it's like Jesus, you know, remember the enemy, uh, Satan tempted the Lord three times. What, what time are we? Okay. I, I, you know, this, oh my goodness. Um, just give me a few more minutes. Okay. But the enemy told, brought Satan, or I'm sorry, Satan brought Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple. And he said, Hey, cast yourself down, you know, jump from here, you know, because your angel, he will give his angels charge over you, right? You guys remember that? And, um, you know, they'll bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Well, what did Jesus do? Jesus didn't jump to prove that he had faith, right? No, because that would be wrong motives to try to prove that you have faith to the devil. You know, he said, no, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God, right? You know, no, because, and, and two, the father didn't tell him to jump. The father didn't lead him to jump. And just like the father didn't lead Jesus to jump, the, the Lord didn't tell these people, hey, just pray over these handles and it'll be all right. No, he's woke one of them up and they woke up out of a deep sleep. Like, oh, it's raining. Uh, let's just go back to sleep and pray over them. No, see, that's not being diligent. And because of that, what happened? They couldn't sell them for a profit and they missed out on some prosperity. Now, of course, we know God is merciful, but we want to recognize these things. We don't want to use faith and prayer and favor and the grace of God as an excuse to just be lazy. You know, what's our motivation? Now, everybody's called to do something different. You know, if you're called to, Work at a desk, man, be diligent working at a desk. If you're called to preach the gospel and be a minister, man, then you have to be diligent at that. But whatever God is telling you to do, you want to be diligent at it. We don't want to be lazy at it, right? You know, when the spirit of God prompts us to do something, we want to do it. We want to give everything that we're supposed to do. And at times your flesh doesn't want to do some things. You're, there's times where your flesh you know, my flesh, I don't feel like doing this right now. I don't feel like putting effort into this, but because we're diligent and it's the right thing to do. And because God told us to do it, we get up, we get after and we do it. And if we're diligent, what's going to happen? The Lord, he's going to reward us, right? He's going to reward us. Go to, we'll close with this. Go to Proverbs chapter 10. There's a lot of stuff that people call faith and say it's spiritual, but really it's just people being lazy. It's laziness in disguise, you know? I just stay here and make faith confessions and I'm believing. You know, don't get me wrong. It is work also praying. Prayer is work. We talked about that, I think, that the, you know, those that labor in the word and in prayer, that's work too. But that is not, that doesn't mean that you're not diligent doing the other things God told you to do. You know, there's a balance, there's a delicate balance in these things, you know. Um, you know, they all work together. You do them together. You don't just do one thing and ignore the rest, okay? Proverbs chapter 10, and we'll, we'll end with this verse here. Proverbs 10, verse 4. It says, he becomes poor that deals with, a, deals with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. The hand of the diligent makes rich. Do you see that God, he wants to bless us. He wants to prosper us, right? But, you know, we also have to see this side of it as well. We also have to understand this side of it too. Yes, you're, the thing is about faith is that if you are a person of faith, you're going to be diligent because you're belie you are going to work as heartily unto the Lord and not just as a man pleaser because you're believing God. Hey, he sees me. He sees what I'm doing. 
Whether the boss man sees me or not, whether boss lady sees me or not, God sees me. He sees my heart. He knows what I'm doing and I'm doing it for him. That's faith. Do you guys see that? That's faith because you don't see God. And so you have to do this month after month, year after year. You know, when you in the natural, maybe not being treated right by the, by the boss, maybe not being treated right by individuals. Maybe they're not being nice to you. Maybe they're not being kind to you. Maybe they don't even like you. Well, you still work unto the Lord. You still do what you do unto the Lord. We're, I know that's hard. I know that's not easy on the flesh. I'm not saying that's easy on the flesh. And I'm not saying it's always going to be easy. And that's just a, a, you know, a piece of cake. But we do it because that's who we are. Mm-hmm. We're true to who we are. We are Christians. And we hold ourselves to a different standard. We don't hold ourselves to the standard of the world and do what the world does. No, we are Christians. And when I'm diligent and I put my hand to something the Lord told me to do and I'm diligent with that, he's going to prosper me. He's going to bless me, you know, and, and you know what's going to happen as we're learning about this. We're on our way to becoming some of the most diligent people that anyone has ever seen, right? To the people that we work with, they're gonna be like, man, that guy is a worker. Man, he is, he's diligent. He's, wow, she's diligent. And what's gonna happen? If we're diligent, if we're some of the most diligent people there are around, what does that mean? We're gonna be some of the most blessed people there are around, right? If we're some of the most diligent, that means we're gonna be some of the most blessed people. God's word is true. So we need to be excited about this, that man, if I be diligent, if I'm one of the most diligent people, I'm gonna be one of the most blessed people. I'm gonna be one of the most rewarded people. I'm gonna be one of the most promoted people there is, amen? And when people say, man, what are you doing? That's your opportunity to be a witness to them. To say, man, I'm just obeying the word of God. I'm doing what the Lord told me to do. He said to be diligent. He said to do this to him and he'll reward me. He's, he's taking care of me because I'm obeying him. Amen. There's rewards for obedience, isn't there? Amen. We're going to be diligent. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you today. For more information on our ministry or to donate, visit onewayministries.net. 